We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> As the rest of the National Football League prepares for the divisional round of the playoffs, the NFC least will be the only division not represented, John. Uh, what a pathetic weekend of football for our division. Yeah, uh, not a great showing, Brian. Not a great showing by your Cowboys or Eagles. Two disappointing games, and uh, after the season we had, it just didn't doesn't feel right that we're not represented in, in the second round of the playoffs, at least somewhere. I agree. George, thank you uh, for hopping on the pod here as we put a bow on the uh, 2023-24 season. Yeah, had to hop on, dude. Happy New Year's to everyone out there. Um, big 2024 for for our, our commanders, for sure. We look forward to seeing the, the new regime coming to town. But man, how about those games last weekend? As 50 Cent said, many men wish death upon me. And <laughs> they made a point to kill all off the NFC East Feast teams uh, over the weekend. So it's gonna, it's unfortunate that we have to stop the pod uh, fairly early in the playoff run. Um, yes. But yeah, it's it's not what we expected, but looking forward to, to you know, dive in a little bit and have a mess around pod. Well, let's, so Brian, uh, quick let's, question, man. Yeah. New, new, as George just mentioned, happy new year. New year, same old Cowboys, I guess, or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. New Year's same, uh, same Cowboys since 1996. We've been popping this bottle of champagne a little too early. Let's talk about my Dallas Cowboys, guys, because the Dallas Cowboys set an NFL record this past weekend. This is their 12th straight playoff appearance without advancing to the conference finals. Pretty pathetic, man. Like the past two years, we lost to the 49ers in the final minutes of the football game. As devastating as that is, at the end of the season, if I look at the San Francisco 49ers and Kyle Shanahan and what John Lynch has built, it's like, hey, we lost to the best team in the conference. Like, we still got we still got something here special. But when the youngest playoff team since the merger in the 70s comes into Dallas and hangs a 40-burger, nearly 50 points, on this supposed vaunted Cowboys defense, like, what the hell is going on? Like, I don't, I don't know if, if Dan Quinn was busy, like, preparing his new staff as he gets ready to embark on these uh, interviews this week to, to try and get a head coaching position. Something I saw that was jarring, I want to start on the defensive side of the ball. The Cowboys uh, were on the, the field, the Cowboys defense, I should say, was on the field for 54 snaps. For 48 of those 54 snaps, Dan Quinn deployed six-plus defensive backs on the field. As the Green Bay Packers proceeded to run the ball down our throat with Aaron Jones. Like, how do you not adjust to that? At another time, at one point, it was third and 11. And I see Micah Parsons drop back into coverage. I'm like, dude, there's there's one thing that Micah Parsons is great at. And it's rushing the passer. But not this game. Micah Parsons had his lowest pass rush rate percentage of his career. Literally the worst game of football Micah Parsons has ever played. So disgusted with the effort out of the entire defense. Like, these Green Bay receivers, they they are pretty damn good. I mean, I think that San Francisco is going to have their hands full this week. Dobbs uh, was killing us. Uh, the, the touchdown that, that Luke Musgrave had, uh, you guys know how the NFL has the, the Amazon next-gen stats? 
when Luke Musgrave caught that touchdown, he was the most open player in the entire season in the NFL. The next closest player to Luke Musgrave was 17 yards away, and it wasn't even the player who was supposed to have him. It was just some random linebacker who happened to run into the picture at the last minute. And it's like the Packers, um, they used the, the same playbook to beat Dallas. Remember early in the season when Arizona ran the ball down our throats? And then more recently, the Buffalo Bills and James Cook completely ran us rough shot. This Cowboys team does not know how to play from behind. I, I had a stat last week about how when we're up at halftime, we're like 21 and two in the past two years, 16 straight home wins. All the stats could be on our side. But as soon as Green Bay came out, uh, Matt LaFleur took the football. He wanted his offense to be on the field first. And then Jordan Love, this kid is an absolute stud, guys. My goodness, did the Green Bay Packers nail it again. First Favre, now Rodgers, now Jordan Love. He uh, had almost a perfect passer rating through three touchdown passes, played a clean game of football, didn't get sacked. I already talked about Aaron Jones in the running game. My favorite Packers weapon, I think, is actually Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed didn't even have a catch in this game. And they still put almost 50 points on us. And the, and the final score is not indicative of the, of, of the contest. The, that was all garbage time stats. Um, before I get into my blame, whether it's McCarthy or Quinn or Dak, um, George, what are, what are your thoughts on these uh, Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, I want to hit on the defense mainly, kind of like you did. It was interesting that how much of zone they were playing uh, versus yes. man. Uh, for the most of the year, I believe the Cowboys played mostly man. And yes. that's why they got so much pressure on the quarterback is because they were not deploying as many DBs, like you said, six DBs out there as they were stacking the box. And it hurt them here. I don't know why Dan changed his scheme uh, specifically for this game. Maybe he was trying to catch them off guard. George, let me interject real quick. I actually heard Greg Cosell discuss this today. Um Apparently, Stefan Gilmore popped his shoulder out of place last week, and he was playing with a harness on, so he was uh, not at 100%. And Duran Bland, as good as he is, he's a risk taker, he struggles in man-to-man coverage. So because Dan Quinn was so afraid of these Green Bay weapons, as he should have been, that's why he tried to go to a safer approach, and they diced up the zone coverage. Uh, go ahead. But, but, but let him beat him first. Let let it let them prove it. Yes, I mean, why yeah. change the entire defense? The I mean, the first possession. Uh, it, it, it shout out to Jordan Love though. I mean, he read it right away, oh, yeah. knew exactly what to turn to. He probably was playing against man all week, scouting for the Cowboys. Next thing you know, they're in zone and they adjust real fast. So definitely props to Jordan Love and and getting more experience out there and, and building a, a real quarterback. Man, the guy the guy looked great the entire game, and I think they. They could very well be the hottest NFL team in the league right now, uh, the oh, way yeah. they looked. It, it was absolutely dominant in every way on the offensive side of the football. Obviously, they gave up a lot of points in garbage time, but you know the defense is, is solid. But that offense, man, it just, it, it just ran so well, man. It looked like they were running a two-minute on a Thursday before the Friday game. <laughs> like it was just yeah. like they were averaging, had an average, you know, seven, eight yards. Uh, it, Yeah, man. Um, I don't want to bash the Cowboys too much. It, I don't think anybody expected it. Um, I mean, I know for a fact no one expected that type of <laughs> no. game. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's same old Cowboys. And I gave up after week 11, week 12. I do feel for you, B. I was, you know, in a way I was kind of like giggling the way the Dallas Cowboys were playing. But inside I'm like, dude, I couldn't imagine, you know, 
really, really looking forward to this game, uh, going into the playoff game with a, you know, with a great uh, regular season and, and kind of just seeing your team just absolutely get demoralized by a, by a nine and eight team. It's, it's, it's not what I expected. It's not what you expected. And, and I, I feel for you, bro. I'm just glad you're here today is all I got to say. I need, I need you guys. Uh, John, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I had to. My, I myself had to refrain from uh, blasting our group chat with too much uh, <laughs> cowboy uh, hate material because I knew B was over there suffering. Um, no, I mean a bunch of these games. I mean, to, to no, this isn't really to the Cowboys' credit, but a bunch of these games this weekend didn't go the way at all that people thought they were going to go. I mean, there were a ton yeah. of blowouts, um, and unfortunately for the Cowboys, they were on the wrong end of of this blowout. Um, I don't think, to George's point, anybody predicted this Green Bay Packers team to play the way that they did. Um, we talked about it last week. They had shown some flashes, but they had had some funky wins, some funky games all season long. And it just seems like this was the opportunity for them to really put it together. Um, and but I, but I think all of us thought, even if they did really put it together, they're playing in Jerry's world. This is, you know, the Cowboys' best chance they've had in years. The game, they're, you know, it just, it was unfathomable almost that it was going to go this way. And to your point, Brian, you know, whatever was on Dan Quinn's mind to make that change, whether it was, you know, for player purposes or because he's already looking ahead to his next job, whatever it may be, um, that they made Aaron Jones look like Aaron Jones of, you know, yeah, 20, was, 2015. Yeah. I mean, that was a highlight reel uh, to start the game for Aaron Jones. And uh, I've always liked him as a player, so it was it was actually kind of nice to see him kind of have a little bit of a comeback. But what surprised me even more was, um, you know, you, you gave kudos to the the Packers wide receiving options, but uh, none of them had really put a game put a game together like they did this past weekend all season yeah. long. There there were flashes for sure, but um, to George's point, they look like one of the hottest teams in the playoffs right now, coming off of this victory. And I mean, Romeo Dobbs, like you mentioned, Jalen Reed doesn't even catch a ball. Romeo yeah. Dobbs goes for one fifty-one on six receptions and a touch. Um, obviously, there was the, the atrocity that was the Luke Musgraves play. <laughs> Jordan Love it was dicing you guys up, and it's it almost felt like you guys probably could have hung on what I think really put the dagger in this game early on was Dak throwing that, that pick yeah. and then the pick yeah. six yeah. because Dak had been so good all season long. And I think that that, that was kind of what hinged on the playoffs for the Cowboys. If Dak played like he played all season, avoided the turnovers, avoided the big mistake, he was going to keep the team in there. He was going to keep the team fighting. And as soon as that happened, it just like you said, there was some garbage time after afterwards. Obviously, the score wasn't indicative of what the game really looked like. Um, but I think that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back because it's so easy for them. I feel like to fall back into that. Oh, well, Dak's throwing picks again. We're going to lose yep. this game, you know, and it just that's just kind of how it felt for me. As soon as as soon as that pick six happened, it was like, oh, man. This thing is done. not not even the uh, the great Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Johnson giving us his halftime speech of a lifetime yeah. on Fox got me pumped up. All my boys on Washington were like, "We could come back. We could still do this," and just more of the same in the second half. Couldn't stop a nosebleed on the defensive side of the football. As far as my the blame where I want to put it on, I think Dan Quinn first and foremost he changed this defense. I don't want to all of a sudden shit on him for a terrible game, but 
in this game in particular, I got to put it on DQ as he gets ready to be a head coach. I mean, I'd be kind of alarmed, but his resume the past three years, what he's done with this Dallas defense, they're top five in almost every metric. So he's he's had a nice regime there, but I won't be sad to see him go after this. Second, I'm, of course, I got to do Mike McCarthy. I'll talk about him more after we're done recapping these games. He's coming back as, as the Cowboys head coach. But just to have your team so flat, like, and Dak Prescott, the, the moment looked too big for him. Like he played like I thought Jordan Love might play. Like he came out, he looked tight. He looked anxious. His eyes were big. Him and C.D. Lamb for the first time all year were not That's on the weird. same page. Yeah. They're kind of jawing at each other. Mike McCarthy had to go on the sideline and console C.D. Lamb, a, a guy who's coming off 135 catches, led the NFL in receptions, and he's completely shit to the bed in the playoffs. The only guys I saw who actually wanted to play were Michael Gallup, strangely enough, and the kid Jake Ferguson gets three touchdowns. So if you guys on Dallas willed us to those 32 points, which made it look closer than it actually was, but just disappointing. Um, we'll hop over to the Eagles now, and we'll t I'll talk more about the future of the Cowboys in a few, few minutes. But uh, as Jerry Jones said, um, as he was quivering nearly in tears, the most disappointing loss um, in recent memory you know this is not one of these last second heartbreaking losses we're used to this is a good old-fashioned ass kicking and good luck to the green bay packers as they travel to san francisco that is going to be a hell of a game i'm sure his marriage right, is that far back but <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> and don't first all right of all, B, don't say you'll be happy to see dan quinn leave the dallas cowboys after you've been praising him for his entire oh, career with Dallas, I thought about just because he thing. lost like, one game. Don't don't see. Didn't you want him to be the head coach? Yeah. Listen, man, I may have said that a few times, but <laughs> I, I'm big. I'm big on uh, Al Harris, our secondary coach. I wouldn't mind seeing him get promoted. No, don't get me wrong. If da if DQ stays, it's a good thing for the team. I'm, I have recency bias, and I'm just so upset that I think it's his fault. Like Dak didn't play it a good game that pick six was ugly the other interception probably should have been interference Jair Alexander made a nice play on the ball but like I can't look at this as like a oh like everybody else showed up the defense balled out the right late and like and Dak choked that wasn't it man I needed I, I needed Dak to play well to to earn this 60 million dollar cap it he's about to be but I was hoping I was hoping he wouldn't be the catalyst for this team and and he could he couldn't do that with the defense Is Dak coming uh, back because most people think that he's not he signed. He has one more year in his contract. He has to come back. Nobody's going to take that contract. But we'll save. We'll save that for the yeah. end. We'll talk about the future here. I want to talk about Monday Night Football, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Man, they dominate Oof. the Philadelphia Eagles, yeah. and and the, the, the Eagles collapse is complete. Start off ten and one. They lose six of their last seven. Uh, the Eagles were only the fourth team guys in the last thirty years to not convert on a single third down during a playoff game. Wild. And I mean. Todd Bowles had that defense ready to play. You know, you know they got some young, hungry cats over there. But come on. Like, they, Philadelphia could not run the football. DeAndre Swift, very limited, like 10 carries for 30 or so yards. Didn't really even try to establish the run. Of course, we know uh, A.J. Brown was out in this game. Could could he could he have played? I don't know. A lot of off-field drama with him, as we discussed. Uh, on the Eagles' side, much like for the Cowboys, a few guys wanted to show up. Devontae Smith caught a big reception to set them up on their only touchdown. He's trying to fire them up. He had over 100 yards uh, on the defensive side of the football. Fletcher Cox is trying to fire the troops up. Just couldn't do it. And you got to wonder, guys like, uh, obviously, Jason Kelsey, we, we're, we think he's retired, not sure yet. Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson, Brandon Graham, that core four. 
none of them could be on the field next time the Eagles uh, take, uh, excuse me, the field next September. But this uh, this was just ugly on, on all fronts. But on the flip side, Baker Mayfield plays a brilliant game, gets his second career playoff win. Kind of crazy that Baker has as many playoff wins as Dak Prescott. I think that goes to say something. Uh, but everybody on the Bucks was stepping up. Uh, David Moore didn't even know he was on the Bucks. Had a great touchdown. Trey Palmer uh, apparently woke up pissed off. The 4-3-3 speed rookie <laughs> goes for a deep touchdown. And uh, the defense for the Bucks, like as I said, constant pressure on Jalen Hurts. He did not look comfortable. We'll talk more about if Nick Sirianni lost this team later. But, John, as far as just an X is no standpoint, how impressed are you with Tampa and how disgusted are you with Philadelphia? I, I don't know how disgusted I am with Philadelphia because I feel like we all kind of slowly saw this coming. I mean, it was like a building snowball that was headed yeah. in this direction. And Philadelphia, once again, just came out and played like really uninspiring football. Oh, um, yeah. For a team that has so many weapons, and we've just we've noted it many times throughout the season, they just they didn't play the same style of football they played last year. They didn't really take it to teams um, when when at times it looked like they really could. I mean, we talked early on about the, all the amazing stats of AJ Brown, and despite Devonta Smith's um, performance, which was crazy, I felt like he was like you said he was putting it all on the line. He was just covered head to toe in dirt and grass stains, like yeah. he was putting it all out there. Um, but yeah, I, I, we you we were talking about it to start the pod um, before we came on that there's got to be something going on in that locker room because, like I said, yeah. they just they came out so uninspired to to not convert a single third down uh, in a playoff game is is just crazy with that talent that they have on offense. Not only that, but I mean they're they're patented tush push right. The Bucks stop it what not Stuffed. once but twice, at least yeah. once. Um, so yeah, I mean the Bucks were firing on all cylinders. I think that they had the momentum coming into the game. We talked about that last week. Um, what was most surprising to me about the Bucks, I, I figured that their defense would would play well. Um, they played incredibly well, but more importantly, you just kind of hinted to it. Baker Mayfield, I mean Baker Mayfield was dishing the ball. Kate Otten, yeah. Trey Palmer, David Moore. Like when you think of the Bucks, you think of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, yeah. and. I'm assuming that Philadelphia did their best to take those weapons away. And Baker said, that's fine. I'll go to my other weapons. And I, it was just, that kind of blew my mind a little bit. I mean, Rashad White, you know, he played his his role, um, which is important to that team. Catches out of the backfield, runs the ball very well. Um, but, man, they took it to the Eagles. And the Eagles didn't seem to have any answer for anything that the Bucs were doing. George, as we record this right now, Nick Sirianni is still the coach of Philadelphia. If you are Jeffrey Lurie and GM Howie Roseman, do you want him back in that locker room or would you look outside of the building right now? I wouldn't look outside just yet. No. Okay. No, I mean, I, I don't, I, I agree with you guys. I think there's something that might've went on in the locker room. Um, but you know, maybe they just need some time. Uh, I will say as far as fan bases, Dallas versus Philly, I feel worse for Philly. Um, I yeah. think that, you know, you, you, you died a quick death. You know, you were pushed off a 20 story building. Philly was locked in a room for seven days and starved to death. Dude. Like they, it, it, it was a long time coming the way they were going to lose this football game. We all kind of saw it coming. The Bucks are known to be a grimy, tough football team. And, dude, I'll be honest with you, watching that game, I love watching them. I was yeah, like, oh, too. my goodness, the defensive line is on Jalen within 
1.52 seconds every single place they they rushed for maybe 40 yards the entire game it was amazing watching that defense play if they played talk about inspired football holy crap dude the tampa bay buccaneers like as much as i gave lud shit throughout the year (laughs) because i'll be honest i didn't watch a ton of ton of bucks football so watching them in that playoff game dude i watch out watch out bro we i do want to shout the opportunity to come on and do a little victory thank you lap. Luds, wow, we, we miss you brother I, uh you were a 500 better this year Luds. thanks for all your contributions we miss you tonight i know we'll have you back next week and i know that you will be glued to the tv come this sunday at three o'clock as the buccaneers head to the motor city to face the detroit lions gonna be a great game john i want to send the same question to you though on philadelphia do, like Bill Belichick is available. Um, Jim Harbaugh is interviewing. You got other um, young candidates out there. Do you think it's time Does for the Bill Sirianni era to be over? Does Bill want a job though, real quick? I don't I, he, he's doing two interviews with Atlanta. That kind is of surprised right? oh, yes. okay. me. Okay. Yeah, okay. like for Bill Belichick to have to go through a double interview process with the team seems a little silly to me. But yeah. uh, um, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, this the Sirianni one is confusing to me, Brian, just because. I listened to a cowherd's take uh, on McCarthy versus Sirianni earlier today. Yes. And I thought what he had to say about Sirianni was pretty poignant. Um, you know, you've got a quarterback in his prime. You've got a very talented team. You have your OC and your DC leave to go to different organizations uh, last year. Both are, you know, one very successful, I think, uh, with, yep. with the Indianapolis Colts. And then the other one showing some promise in Arizona. And then your team falls apart, uh, essentially. I mean, don't get me wrong, 10 and one start. Um, but yeah, I, Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie don't seem like the kind of guys that wait around. I mean, they fired coaches after they've gone to the Super Bowl. So yeah, Doug Peterson. It, yeah, I, if I'm in their shoes, I would say if it's me making the decision, you probably give them another year, give them the opportunity to bring in some new life, some new blood. But it doesn't seem like the, those guys have that same kind of patience. Um, I mentioned to you guys before the pod that I read Sirianni is involved in the OC and DC searches. Um, I don't know if that's just a, a part of the um, kind of calibration of, of, of kind of figuring out where they're at and if they're going to keep think them. That, yeah. Well, I just mean to say if they were going to fire him, they probably wouldn't be asking him to help search for yeah, totally. new Very OC and DC. True. But maybe they are. Maybe they want to see, you know, how he leads that process and make a determination from there. I mean, I don't know. It seems like he's going to be sticking around. Yeah, I know, John, I was listening to Colin as well, and his comparison was to the Brandon Staley Chargers, where, like, you come in and the star quarterback, like, actually pulls back and gets worse. Like, Jalen Hurts regressed this year. And then um, Brandon Staley uh, was a defensive guy, and his side of the football was the problem. And now Nick Sirianni, an offensive guy, his side of the football becomes a real problem. So was he being propped up by the genius that is Shane Steichen, like you said, who nearly took Gardner Minshew and the Colts to the playoffs. Meanwhile, this guy has all pros all over the field, the best offensive line in football, two two, uh, Pro Bowl wide receivers, a great tight end, a good group of running backs, and and they collapse. Like, I think – if we find out what happened, like what this cancer was that deteriorated this team the past eight weeks, it might be why Nick Sirianni leaves. But I think if the Eagles put a cap on it and what they keep this in-house, it means they're going to keep Nick and they're going to try to run this thing back with perhaps not the same group of players, but certainly the core young guys on offense 
they have to completely restructure that defense, which I think is why people, if you're an Eagles fan, might think Belichick, because there's one thing Belichick's good at. It's the back seven. He knows secondary. He knows linebacker play. They already have a great defensive line. Um, so it's like if he can get that back seven right, maybe Philadelphia can can regain their Super Bowl form. We shall see. The, um, the, the Eagles are still up in the air. I, I, any- I want to say one thing. Let's, let's, let's not give Jalen a total hall pass here. I mean, Agreed. he was getting beat up pretty well pretty well these last few weeks and I've yet to see him yell at some linemen or get some receivers pumped or show really any type of like leadership or emotion um, when things are bad. I've seen him do it when things are good, but I've never seen him do it when things are bad. Good point, George, because yeah. everybody's piling on Dak Prescott. Everyone loves, and of course, as the as the quarterback of the Cowboys, that comes with the territory. But yeah, Jalen Hurts does seem to get a pass. Nobody, nobody's really talking about him. Everyone's talking, and everyone in Dallas, oh, it's this guy, it's this guy, it's that guy. In Philadelphia, it just seems like everyone's like, oh, it's Nick Sirianni. You know, he's the problem. If they get hit, it's it's kind of it's kind of strange. So yeah. I, I like your point um, well, on Jalen. They showed that clip to George's point. They showed the clip of Dallas Goddard fired up on the sidelines, pissed off about yeah. something. And he looks like he's screaming at Jalen Hurts. And oh, Jalen's yeah. just blank face staring. Blank face, dude. I mean, just just like, blank face the entire game. No emotion. And then goes, and then goes back it. down to his tablet. Yeah. I, yeah. The other thing with Sirianni that I wanted to mention, and I, I know that I think we've talked about this before, maybe not on the pod, B, but there was that clip after they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, yeah. And you were talking See about him, him being childish. Yeah. And he's turned around taunting Kansas City Chiefs fans and the players. Uh, right before the post-game interview, and Jalen Hurts has to be the adult and kind of like grab his arm and be like, "Dude, what are you doing? Yes. We're not doing that." Like, so yeah, there's there's a weird element going on there. So we'll see how things progress in Philly. I'm happy as a Commanders fan that that both you and Philadelphia uh, look like you might be going into some chaos in the offseason. I don't know. <laughs> My goodness, right? Like right right now, let's say like I think our fan Commanders- base is more healthy right now, and we went right. We had, we had four wins. <laughs> If you're, if you're um a Giants fan, you know like you're you're staring down the barrel of Daniel Jones coming back. We saw how the Eagles and Cowboys ended their seasons uh, so abruptly, and now the Commanders like you guys have hope, you guys have optimism, you have the, you have um Peters who seems like the adult in the room. When the guy speaks, he's so goddamn handsome. Like I just believe everything he says. Um, and like you have the and you have the, the second pick in the draft, like in. What most people, I'm sure, are going to say, like, oh, you take Drake May, you take Jaden Daniels, uh, whoever's there. But you have all all the possibilities in the world. You could run it back with Sam Howell and stack the rest of the team. But I think as a Commanders fan base, you, you at least feel better than the rest of the division right now. Before we get to you guys, I want to circle back to Dallas, and I want to talk about Mike McCarthy. He did get his job back. That was announced uh, this morning or last night, depending on when you got your news. And I don't know how I feel, and I want to get your guys' takes. Initially, of course, I'm mad, I'm upset, um, and in in emotion, I, he's gone. You know, get me Bill Belichick on the line, like anybody. Give give me Harbaugh, you know, Ron Rivera. But I, I'm I'm proud Ron Rivera. Yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm proud of Jerry Jones oh, to shit. not make a deci- emotional decision. He let the chaos go. He sat down with Mike, and he came out of it, and he gives him another shot. And I understand why Mike McCarthy has one year left on his contract. Dak Prescott has one year left on his contract. So it's like, if most likely what is going to happen, we're going to win 12 games again next year, and we will be a early exit in the playoffs. I mean, that's <laughs> happened every single year, the past three years. But at the same time, when you win 36 games in a three-year span, it's hard to fire a coach. And Jerry Jones, like, although the Cowboys have been a laughing, a laughing stop because they cannot get back to the conference championship since 1996, 
In the past 20 years, guys, the Dallas Cowboys have had only four losing seasons. Three of those four losing seasons were when Tony Romo and Dak Prescott suffered season-ending injuries. So like the Cowboys, other than Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers, as far as being a competitive football team, there hasn't been a more consistent one than the Cowboys since the early 2000s. And it doesn't do us any good to go 9-7 and seven or 12-5 and five and, and lose in the wildcard round. But they don't suck. And like it, it, it does feel good to know that next year, probably come Christmas time, the Cowboys are going to have double-digit wins, and I will sell myself again that they have a shot. So like I'd rather have that than be like, okay, you know, we're the 4-12, and 12, like Matt Castle, Cowboys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. Sorry about that, folks. A little bit of technical difficulties here in the NFC East. Um, John, I was just talking about Mike McCarthy. He's back. He, he, I mean, we win games. We're competitive. We go to the playoffs. I think we give it one more run with, with, with Dak and McCarthy with a year left on their contracts. And if the same thing happens, then Jerry Jones finally blows it up. But uh, that's, that's about it um, for my Cowboys. Um, we talked about the Eagles. We'll see what happens with Nick Sirianni. Any final thoughts on the season for any of these four teams in particular, your commanders, as you guys uh, go on your head coaching search? Yeah, I mean, first with your Cowboys, I mean, I, I think you made great points there. Like Mike McCarthy has won you guys 36 games in the last three seasons. Like sometimes like don't overthink it, right? Like I know Jerry yeah. Jones and certain owners can sometimes be um, quick to make decisions, but like you guys gave Jason Garrett nine seasons and three of those yes. I think were like eight and eight in a row. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like this guy's winning you games as much as I believed in Kellen Moore in this season. You know, I picked the Chargers to beat you guys in the Kellen Moore revenge game. Like he didn't do what I thought he was going to do, reviving the offense over there with the Chargers. And yet McCarthy's got Dak playing maybe the best football he's played as a Cowboy. Correct. So it's like it's kind of hard for you guys, I think, to to want to blow it up at this point, especially if he comes back and wins you guys double digits again. You make the playoffs again. Like it's like don't it's like don't cut your nose off to spite your face kind of you know what i mean it's like and yep. I, I heard somebody talking about it the other day um kind of basically just saying like maybe the cowboys should lower their expectations i don't even think it's so much that it's just there's so much pressure that comes with that job you talked about dak in the playoff game kind of feeling like you thought jordan love was going to look and kind of being maybe a little shook by the moment is like is some of that the pressure that just comes with being the freaking dallas cowboys and like trying to live up to this potential right so yeah i i think it makes sense you bring mccarthy back you see where it goes again next year who knows if they resign him at that point or they decide to make changes but like jerry's probably not got too much longer right i mean no so yeah we'll see i mean it's going to be an interesting off season we talked uh during our little blip there when uh when we lost uh communications that you know it feels good to be a commander's fan right now um as i was hinting to before we got cut off like we're, you know, we're in a prime position. It feels like we got a ton of hope. We got a ton of future ahead of us. I don't think that the commanders like this season was obviously like kind of a, just a, 
whatever season, a transition, if you will. Um, yeah. But like going into next season, I, I'm not going to say that we're going to win the Super Bowl, but you see teams like the Texans um, get the right head coach, get the right quarterback, and just put put it all together. Um, you know, it's just it's going to be really refreshing to see. You know, Adam Peters comes in. He, you know, he has a stellar first interview. Um, you know, he's asked, you know, what we're, what he's thinking about doing in the draft. And he says, well, first, first we got to focus on getting a head coach and then we'll start having those conversations. So it's just nice to finally see the organization kind of coming together and looking like a professional football organization for right. once in the last 20 plus years. So uh, with the, with the, uh, the chaos that is probably going to be the Eagles offseason, figuring out who's retiring, who's coming back you know, what they're going to do with the coaching position if they decide to make any changes. And then also the turmoil over at the New York Giants. I mean, what are they going to do with the quarterback position? You know, they fire Wing Martindale, who I think is a pretty damn good defensive coach. Yes. Um, you know, so what do they do there? It, it's weird, you know, coming off of a four-win season to feel like we've got the most potential moving into this offseason. Um, you know, but... You got, op- you got George- some reasons for optimism and hope. Yeah, George said George said it uh, in a, in our downtime there, but it almost feels too good to be true. So trepidation as a Commanders fan, right? Like you can be excited, you can be optimistic, but like we got to see it come together before we can get too too pumped. Well, who would your pick be if you, if you were in a room with Adam Peters right now and he said, "Who do you think we should go with, it, Coach? Who are you going with?" I do like Ben Johnson a lot because I like what he's done with the Detroit Lions. Um, I like what he's done with all of their weapons, and and he seemed to have elevated Jared Goff. Um, but I only know him from just kind of their performance on the field. I haven't really seen his demeanor. Um, but, right. I, I mean, people are saying that he would be a slam dunk head coach, that he's one of the most sought after uh, right now. And sometimes I think that Dan Snyder in the past just tried to get too cute. Like sometimes we were just trying to outsmart everybody. And we also lost a lot of the – a lot of the battles for these top candidates because it was such a toxic environment. You know, we always ended up with kind of the leftovers, uh, the Ron Rivera's of the world, no offense to coach Ron. Like he did all, he did a, a bunch of tremendous things for us. But I remember in that coaching cycle that there were other options out there. I can't remember exactly who, but I remember hiring Rivera, just feeling like, okay, this is just a retread. We're just taking whoever will, you know, will come into the building at this point. So it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, maybe we just hire the best guy. Um, you know, Dan Quinn, I know that they've interviewed. They've interviewed um, uh, oh, uh, Raheem Morris. Um, okay, Rams defensive also, coordinator. Yeah, they also interviewed Aaron Glenn, Detroit's defensive coordinator. So they're definitely doing their due diligence. But I think if you can go out and get the best available head coach, if you think he's going to fit what you're trying to do as a program, um, then I think that's that's a – a home run, man. I mean, that's a grand slam, honestly, in this offseason. New ownership group, new general manager, new head coach. And like you mentioned it before, the second overall draft, plenty of free agency uh, cap room. Like, it, the sky's the limit, it feels like. So it, it would seem like Ben Johnson um, in going with an offensive coach. It's, it's like if you look at, like, I think 11 of the 14 playoff teams had offensive coaches. I don't know if you saw, John, the Bears brought in Cliff Kingsbury for an interview to be their offensive coordinator. I saw that. And like the connection there is he is coming from USC and he and Caleb Williams are very close. So if I had to guess what's going to happen and we'll talk about it come April, the bears are going to take Caleb Williams at number one, reunite him with Cliff Kingsbury. Then there you guys are sitting with the number two draft pick. Do you like the kid, the Heisman trophy winner, Jaden Daniels? Do you like Drake may 
either of those, if you pair them with a young dynamic offensive coach in Ben Johnson, you already have the weapons in place in Washington. We could be looking at a whole nother franchise come September. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty exciting. Absolutely. It's great. I mean, things change so fast in the NFL. Like I said, we've seen the Texans do it. We've seen a couple of teams get their quarterback, get their coach right. And really, I mean, look at Jordan Love. I know it's a different, different context, but um, you know, it can happen. Look at Joe Burrow with Absolutely. the Cincinnati Bengals. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm pumped, man. Me too. I'm excited for the off season. I want to do something to have a little bit of fun uh, here, John, because we take so many beatings talking about um, our division. <laughs> let's go. Uh, let's talk about the elite eight teams. Let's just have a quick pick them here. I'm gonna make it real easy. I liked a few dogs last week. I'm going all favorites this week. As boring as it seems, the Saturday God, I feel like afternoon. I might too. Saturday afternoon, Texans versus Ravens. I love CJ Stroud and his story, but this isn't uh, CJ is much better in that dome. This is going to be an outdoor game in Baltimore. To me, John, I just think Baltimore is on a roll and they're rested. They're too strong. I'm going to go with uh, Harbaugh to get the win. How about you? Does it not make you nervous though? The rest, the last time this happened to them, I think it was the Titans, 2019. I the believe. Beat them, I yeah. Think. yeah, yeah. So that that gives me a little bit of uh, hesitation. But I mean the. In my opinion, I know Luds would grimace at this, but I think that the Ravens are the best team in football right now. I think yeah. they're firing on all cylinders. I think Lamar is playing maybe his best season so far, which is hard to say because he's remarkable in my opinion. Um, yes. Yeah. As far as the Houston Texans have come, I mean, we all picked against them last week, and right. they came out and showed out against the, the Browns. 45 but, points. Um, maybe they keep it a close game, but ultimately, yeah, I think the Ravens are are, are bound for the Super Bowl this year. All right, Saturday night, we talked a whole lot about the Green Bay Packers this evening. That red-hot offense and Jordan Love is going to go to the Bay Area. I mean, dude, the record when Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Trent Williams, and George Kittle are, are, are all healthy, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. The Niners are almost unbeatable. One stat I will say that I saw that is jarring, like in his coaching record, Kyle Shanahan is like 4-31 in 31 when he's trailing at halftime. So, like, if mm. the Packers can do not not necessarily what they did to Dallas and come out to a twenty-seven to nothing, but if they can just go into half and it's like seventeen to fourteen, and Brock Purdy has to lead the 49ers, then maybe I would say, hey, Jordan Love is better head to head to Brock Purdy, and they have a shot. But for me, I'm going to go safe here. I think plus nine. If you're a betting guy, Jay Ludge would probably agree. Love the Packers plus nine, but I got the Niners to go to the NFC Championship. Yeah. Uh, before I get my take, I was wondering. I mean. It's it's funny that the two of these teams end up playing each other. So who do you root for here, B? Because there's between these three teams, there's always like Cowboys get beat by the 49ers and by the Packers, it seems relentlessly in the past couple I of root, years. Like I root for utter failure and whoever the Bucks Lions winner is, I hope they win the <laughs> NFC. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, this is another one where it's just seemed destined all year that it was gonna be the 49ers and the Ravens um, in the Super Bowl against each other again. Um, but the way the Packers played, it, it, I 100% agree. I think that they have the opportunity to cover uh, the nine. Um, but, man, to your point, when, when the San Francisco 49ers are healthy um, as they are, they've just got too many weapons all over the field, and I think that they're ultimately going to be too much for the Packers too. So I'm going chalk here. Home, home game for the 49ers. I think they end up pulling it out. All right, now Sunday at 3 o'clock, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man, going up to Detroit. I saw a hilarious interview where uh, this reporter was asking Todd Bowles 
Uh, the weather in Detroit's been pretty brutal <laughs> yeah. lately. How are you guys going to prepare for the elements? And he's like, well, they they play in a dome. Um, and the 20 seconds where we get off the bus and go into the stadium will be just fine. So since it's indoors, <laughs> I think we'll be all right. We're, yeah. we're, we're indoors. <laughs> it's Next, que- next question. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, but, wow. Yeah, do your homework, lady. Um, but for the results of the game, yes. I think that Detroit is up to like six and a half point favorites. I think I heard it spoken today that Tampa Bay is a good story, but Detroit's a good team. The Los yeah. Angeles Rams were coming into that game red hot. They almost beat the Ravens in Baltimore. Like they were, yeah. I, I, you guys, I picked the Rams. I was wrong last week. You and Luds were on the Lions. I think the fact that they were able to stop, like Puka Nakua had a huge game, or as I like to call him, Pookie. Um, they they stopped this uh, this powerful Rams offense. Although Matthew Stafford looked good, that running game with Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs is impressive. Jared Goff um, looks like he's playing the part. I love the emotion. Him and Dan Campbell, um, they're like yeah. the, the island of misfit toys. Um, their their GM Brad Brad Holmes is screaming. They're all pumped up. I love the Detroit locker room, man. I'm I'm hopping on the Detroit bandwagon. I got the Lions to beat the Bucks. Yeah. I mean, so before we jumped on the pod, I was I was uh, BSing with my old man, and he's obviously he's a Bucks fan. Um, shout out to Luds for his uh, his Buccaneer crew there. Uh, yes, but sir. One one piece of hesitation in this game, I, I I ultimately think not to bury the lead. I think the Lions win this game. I liked your your point there. I mean, Bucks are a good story. Lions are a better team. The Lions not going to have an easy uh, easy trip if they end up do making it to the Super Bowl. I mean. They're having right. to play some tough, gritty teams, some teams that really want to win, and some teams that have had momentum, as you pointed out, going into the playoffs. So, um, but does it worry you at all that, like, okay, the Lions just win the first playoff game that Detroit has had in like thirty plus years? I mean, like, are they coming down off of like Super Bowl high? I mean, you saw how fired up point. all of them were just to win that one game. Now, I feel like because if they had to go away and play the Bucks for some reason, then I could see, okay, maybe that slips. But the way that Ford Field was rocking, dude, I feel like they're going to be pumped up again. It, it'd be hard to see the Lions lose. I could I could see it happening. If there's any game where I could see a team slip and, and, and lose, it could be this game. But, yeah, I'm, I'm riding the Lions, man. Hell, yeah. So we both got a 49ers versus Lions. Douche, uh, douche. And, douche, douche. Uh, that that postgame speech was, was awesome, dude. Jared Goff, you're good enough for fucking Detroit. You got to love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the final game, uh, this is a clash. I mean, before it, before there was Brady and Manning, I think that is now Allen and Mahomes. And uh, yeah. Josh has beat, beaten them a couple times in the regular season, including this year. But Patrick has, has owned him in the playoffs. For me, for the Buffalo Bills, if not now, then when? I mean, this, yeah. this Chiefs team – they're they're kind of in a transition period like it's like you know Kelsey's fallen off a little bit Rasheed Rice is good but he's not a true number one other than that nobody can catch the Chiefs defense I think is the best they've ever had in the Mahomes era so I think that is is going to tend to a lower scoring game than most people would think Buffalo is two two and a half maybe three point favorites it's been floating around and this is the first time ever that Patrick Mahomes will play a playoff game not at Arrowhead Stadium so he's going on the road Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. I think this is the year for the Bills Mafia. The AFC is wide open. Um, that, but Bills versus Baltimore would be such a fantastic AFC championship. But I've got the Bills Mafia to go to the AFC championship. I'm on Buffalo. How about you? 
Yeah, I mean, I like your point, man. If not, if not now, when? Like, this just seems like Buffalo. This is your fun. This is your chance, right? Yeah. Um, one thing I did see on Twitter that gave me a hearty chuckle was worst case scenario for the Buffalo Bills, right? Yeah. Buffalo Bills, KC, play this game. They go to overtime. Buffalo wins the coin toss, scores yeah. a touchdown. Then because of the rule that they lobbied for, because of their loss to Kansas City in overtime, yeah. Kansas City gets an opportunity to get the ball back. Kansas yep. City and Pat Mahomes drive the field, score a oh, touchdown, no. two-point conversion two. <laughs> to win the game. And oh, Buffalo is imagine. just buried. Like that's that is absolute worst case scenario. Oh, Couldn't yeah. write a better script if that's exactly what happens. But yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the Buffalo Bills, they've just rallied. They seem to have the momentum, whereas the Chiefs, because of all of their past success, they feel like yeah. even as well as they played this year, I mean, they were they were eleven and six, I think, to to finish the season. Like, yeah, we just expect so much of the Chiefs. I still think this will be a very good game, but I'm circling the wagons. All right. So we got we're locking in. We're locking in the, the Ravens versus Bills AFC championship. Lions versus Niners NFC championship. That would make for such a fun championship Sunday uh, coming up here in about 10 days. We will see. Maybe one of these upsets will come through regardless as football fans were for uh, four awesome games. Uh, great to have GVR on the pod. Unfortunately, technical difficulties kicked him off, but me and you were able to come back on to wrap this up. Jay Luds, uh, if you're listening, good luck to your bucks. And thank you for everything that you did for the podcast this year. Uh, we're going to take the next probably two months off guys. Enjoy some football. Let all this crazy off season play out. By the time we come back, we're going to come back in March for a free agent frenzy. The commanders will have a new coach. Will the Eagles? We'll see, but a lot's going to happen. Um, new faces, um, new places, new faces, everything, man. Um, John, as always, man, thank you for everything that you've done. This has been a hell of a year. I've had a lot of fun. So much fun, man. Great wrap up to the season. Sorry that your boys uh, aren't going any further, V. Let's enjoy the rest uh, of this football season. Though. Yeah, let's 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 just enjoy some football, and we'll let the Jones family hash that out. But we <laughs> will see you guys for a free Asian frenzy in March. This has been the NFC East. Please! <laughs> <laughs>